0: What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah.
1: I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Unsolved Mayhem. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Unsolved Mayhem. Welcome to the new listeners. Uh, quick shout out to our newest badass Patroni, Justin Ware. 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 Where? Where? Yeah. Where? I think where. It's it looks you know like what? where. It's it spelt like <laughs> where. Absolutely. So thank you, Justin. You're badass. We appreciate you subscribing. Thank you. Um, and for the rest of you who haven't subscribed, be like Justin. Okay? He's awesome. So, today, I believe we are talking about a cryptid?
0: Yes. The most famous one of all.
1: At one of our most frequent requesters, Mr. J. Horton, who is supposed to be subscribing
0: (laughs) to our Patreon.
1: (laughs) I'm calling you out. Mr. Horton, you told me you were going to subscribe.
0: Yeah. So... This and is. I did
1: this for you. So, we're here is. We're talking
0: about the Squatch.
1: hmm And Slim Jims. Yes. Mr. Slim Jim himself.
0: Yeah, Mr. Bigfoot.
1: Do you remember those Messing with Sasquatch commercials? Yeah. <laughs> those were so fantastic. I loved it.
0: Leave it to the United States to be like, you know what? Bigfoot?
2: And jerky. Yep. Yep. Just <laughs> makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Bigfoot, and you know, let's just like merchandise the hell out of this cryptid. Oh, yeah. Make him not scary at all. Okay. The name Bigfoot did not come about until the late 1950s, which we'll talk about that later. Another name that a lot of people know Bigfoot by, which Smetha said like a couple times now, Sasquatch. That came about because of a mispronunciation of a selish word. Sellish? Selish. selish. It was an indigenous tribe. Oh. And they used the word sasquet to describe Bigfoot. Because it meant wild man. Oh. Mm. But when it was trans- translated into English. It of beca- course we turned it into Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Instead of Sasquet. This happened because of a guy named J.W. Burns. He actually is the one who mistranslated it in the 1930s. He heard it from, like, members of this indigenous group in Canada. Okay. They claimed to have a very close bond with Sasquatch and believed it had the ability to move between the physical and spiritual realm.
1: Sounds legit.
0: Bigfoot sightings have been happening in North America For a very, very long time. The Iroquois call this beast the Wendigo. Some tribes treated it like it was just another animal roaming in the woods. And some feared it, believing it was a bad omen or like a sign trouble was on the way.
2: Because any time I've heard... The Wendigo,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's always a that's a no no. Yeah, that is a big nope.
0: Yeah, that's always like a very scary. Don't fuck with that kind yeah. of a thing. Well, soon there were stories told, like to the white man. I'm just gonna say it like that.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And they just believed that these were like. Folklores or fairy tales being told by indigenous people to, like, pretty much, you know,
1: scare the white guys yes. off their land.
0: But not even necessarily that. It was more like how, you know, you tell your kid, like, a scary thing and to keep them from doing something you don't want them to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if don't I'm, play in the toilet water. Sharks will bite your hands <laughs> off.
0: Or rats will come up the toilet. Snakes slither up through there. Yeah, we were told that when we were kids.
1: And you still and used it, the toilet? And then it
0: actually happened one time when I was a teenager. <laughs> and I was like, are you effing fucking serious? Okay,
1: I didn't realize that that actually happens. I yeah, thought that, that was.
0: does happen like, in places. Outside
1: of Australia, I thought, you know. Australia's got toilet spiders. I get it, <laughs> but like outside of that, they have I thought like
0: frogs too. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Hey, and look white, at you, Australia. White, sh- white you, tree frogs.
1: Uh, so brave. In Their toilets. Just so brave. <laughs> if a snake ever like comes out of my toilet, it wasn't
0: a snake that came out of our grandmother's toilet. It was a fucking giant rat. Yeah. A rat, like a. F- new york sewer rat if any wildlife
1: ever comes out of my toilet i i'm i'm gonna have to do some serious renovation i'm gonna have to get a new toilet install some kind of mesh screen have a poop (laughs) knife the whole nine
2: well what always with the snakes in the toilet that was always with the outhouse yes. at our great-grandmother's house. That was and the that, outhouse. I would rather just pop a squat behind a tree than oh, yeah. use that outhouse because I'm like, there's snakes in there.
0: Yeah, you knew there were snakes in there. Hell no. And not necessarily inside the toilet. They could just be chilling in there because it's warm. Right. Uh-uh. Pretty much, it was like a... Yeah, like a story you tell your kids, or that's how the white man viewed it. Like they're just trying—they were keep, being serious. They were just trying to keep their kids out of the more secluded parts Wooded of areas. the w- forest. Okay, but then there was a reported sighting published in the Boston Gazette in seventeen ninety-three about a big, hairy, unidentified creature that they called, <laughs> I can't even say it. I know Samantha's going to die. It's called the Chickly Cuddly. Cuddly. Uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: The
2: Chickly? Chickly. Cuddly. Cuddly. And they were afraid of that?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Sounds
1: terrifying.
0: It's believed this name came from a Cherokee word meaning hairy manthing. thing.
1: Uh, Wait, (laughs) is that a euphemism for a penis? A hairy man thing?
0: No, I don't think so. you (laughs) too. We're not having it today. (laughs) I'm working on like three and a half hours sleep. Half the things you're saying are just like, I'm not even registering. I did have the same thought this time, though. (laughs) Hairy man thing. (laughs) I'm sure this was a whole nother mistranslation kind Probably. of a deal. But that is by far the best name I think he's ever been called. The Chickly Cuddly. That's what I'm going to start calling Bigfoot from now on. The article didn't really give any details, though, about what was actually seen. Just, it was just that. Big, hairy, unidentified creature called the Chickly Cuddly. So, the next article that involved Bigfoot was in September of 1818. Okay. It was in the Watchman newspaper in New York, and it went into a little more detail. They called it the Wild Man of the Woods... It was described as being a large man covered in hair. It walked out of the woods onto a road just a few yards from the witness. And when it saw the human, it turned and ran back into the forest. The witness claimed it left behind human like footprints that were very wide at the toes. Well, that'll come in handy at some point because there is a difference between the eastern version of Bigfoot and the western version of Bigfoot.
2: Oh, there's two different Bigfoots. Two Apparently. Different, two different feet.
0: The one that's like the most well-known and everybody knows who he is usually is seen in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Western Bigfoot.
0: The other Bigfoot is... um. Weirder, and like in Florida, they call him the skunk ape man or something like that. We talk about him a little bit. More Bigfoot sightings have occurred in Washington State, California, and Canada than any other place. Oregon is pretty high on the list of you seeing Bigfoot, but it's not limited to those locations because. There has been some version of Bigfoot in every state in the United States.
2: Missouri's is called Momo or something like that, isn't he? Yeah, Momo. Momo.
0: What? Yeah, Missouri's Bigfoot is Momo. And he's like a smaller. Yeah, Bigfoot. He's like a small foot. He hangs
1: out with Larry, Larry, and Curly, Curly. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: Occasionally we get to see Shemp, Shemp.
0: Sometimes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys kill me. In 1955, a man named William Rowe, who was considered a very trustworthy and reliable witness, his account was way more detailed than anyone else's so far up until that point. He was a middle-aged man living in Alberta, Canada. He was originally from the backwoods of Michigan, though. He was a hunter-trapper by trade. And he decided one day around 3 p.m. to just go poke around at an old mine in Micah Mountain. When he came like back out into the clearing from the mine, he saw what he thought was a bear on the other side of this clearing amongst some bushes. So he ducked down in, like, a hunter position to watch the creature, and he realized it was not a bear. When it stepped into the clearing, he then was like, oh, wait, is this just a very large man wearing a fur coat?
1: And then he said no. And then he said... Man, bear pig.
0: Then he said (laughs) no. It was... Not a man either. It was far too large, he said, to be a man. At 20 feet away from him, the creature bent down and started eating leaves off of a bush. It must have caught William's scent in the air because it immediately stood up and walked away rapidly. Glancing behind it in William's (laughs) direction.
1: I'm sorry, I'm just picturing this wild beast out there it's eating a bush and it's like the fuck was that <laughs> oh and then like speed walks you know it's not actually running it's just doing that weird speed walk where uh, do you know what i'm talking about like, like the, in the old the, ladies n- in the mall no 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 <laughs> it's it's not that it's the like late 90s early 2000s version of speed walk where you you're Torso is almost staying still, and it's just hold on. Let
2: me ooh demonstration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old lady in the mall when they s- go Her to torso the mall. Is like just kind to... of lean
1: back, and they're just mm, oh boy, like oh yeah, gotta you know. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like you're you're in a hurry to get to the bathroom. You know, like nah. you got your prairie dog, and you're yeah. like oh, you squeeze butt cheeks and just speed walk.
0: That's what you imagined.
1: When you said he (laughs) stood up and rapidly speed walked away, I'm thinking (laughs) this dude (laughs) is aware of the peanut gallery here and he has to go. There's a number two in his very near future.
0: Well, we'll say it. Glanced back at, at William's direction, which William said they made eye contact. and he raised his rifle and was going to shoot the creature but said when they made eye contact he got this overwhelming feeling that if he shot this creature he would be committing murder because he could see humanity in its eyes and this is a man who had killed countless animals I mean that's what he did for a living is hunt and trap animals yeah like Trophy hunting or whatever. Once it was back on the other side of the clearing, it let out like this weird call that sounded like it was half laughing and half howling and then vanished. He saw it again a few minutes later crossing a ridge like 200 yards away from him. And he wrote down what he saw that day. and. Like, gave a detailed description of the creature. He said it was well over six feet tall, three feet across at the shoulders, and probably about 400 pounds. He guessed it was a female because it had very large breasts and no obvious external penis. It was covered in fur about an inch or so thick had really long arms that were very muscular. None of these stories, though, that were, like, making little blips in the newspaper made Bigfoot a household name.
1: How does he know the thickness of the fur?
0: He guessed. He was comparing it, I think, to a bear because he had killed quite a few bears in his...
2: Okay, maybe he had long enough A long enough amount of time to sit there and kind of look at it, figure out what it is. Yeah, because you could probably guesstimate how long its hair is.
1: You never know. I thought Pomeranians were chubby little dogs for the longest time. I thought (laughs) they they were the tiniest little things.
0: They are. Well,
1: no, uh, sorry, I misspoke. I thought they were these chubby little things, but and then I realized later that it's like many inches of fur <laughs> over this tiny little doggy body.
0: Did Kylo, like, help you figure that out because he's no, part Pomeranian? No, I,
1: I figured this out, um, like, early into the double digits. I was, like, 10 or 11. Um, oh. My aunt had a Pomeranian.
0: And you felt it, and you were like, oh.
1: This thing is a little bitty. <laughs> I thought it was fatter than that.
0: You think they were, like, literally ball-shaped? <laughs> I mean, oh, they, kinda, they weight can be deceiving on a dog <laughs> that ha- is very furry. It happens all the time that we'll be like, you look a little chunky. And then you actually touch them and you're like, that's all hair. I mean, it, my only thing is, is I think he was comparing it to like a bear like and to another had, animal. Yeah. And he had seen a lot like he had personally killed Enough bears to know like the length of hair. Okay. So Bigfoot did not get the name Bigfoot or the fame that it has now until 1957, 58 ish. There was a construction company, it's called the Wallace Company. And it was owned by a man named Ray Wallace. He was hired by the state to build a logging road through Bluff Creek in Northern California. It was supposed to help them be able to get heavier machinery in this area. The foreman for the job was Ray's brother, Wilbur. Some of the workers, when they, like, right when they first started you know, working at this site, they found strange tra- strange tracks near a place called the Mad River in March of 1957. And even though they thought, like, this is really weird, what kind of animal do these belong to, they just dismissed it and didn't talk about it anymore.
2: I mean, that's like typical human behavior, though.
0: Yeah. We don't know what that is, just leave (laughs) it alone. Yeah, just just walk away from that. (laughs) Don't touch it. The events that led to Bigfoot's fame, though, started on August 3rd, 1957, when the men showed up to their work site and found some of their equipment had been messed with, like a spare tire weighing about 700 pounds had been moved. Again, they were like, that's that's fucked up. Strange. Heavy but. breeze. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did a, did a tornado go through here? Okay, we're just going to go back to work. Then on August 27th, their site was visited again overnight, and this time, whatever it was, left these bare f- footprints behind. A man named Gerald Crew, who went by Jerry, He's the one that found the footprints, they were, like, all around his bulldozer. It looked like whatever this was just walked in a circle around his bulldozer. At first he thought somebody was playing a practical joke on him because he said they looked like human prints, just huge. After studying them, though, for a couple minutes and then following where they actually went, he became convinced that they were under attack by a monster. And he went to tell Wilbur. But Wilbur was like, nah man, we're just going to keep ignoring that. Unless this creature starts coming out during the day and messing with y'all, just just ignore it. One of his co-workers though, one of Jerry's co-workers, went and told his wife, her name was Jesse Bemis. All these things that were happening to him at work. And she was like, hell no. And wrote a letter to the newspaper. With everything in it that he had said had been happening to them. She was like, we gotta go public with this shit. Okay, there's a monster that could possibly kill my husband. So the Humboldt Times printed the letter in their September 21st issue. And reporter Betty Allen went out and interviewed people and also dug up all these old stories and quote-unquote fairy tales about this big hairy beast. Then Jerry is the one that gave it the name Bigfoot. Uh, Way to go, Jerry. So that's what he was called. When Betty Allen published another article on September 28th with all the information she had gathered from the workmen at the side and other people who had claimed to see this hairy ape man, Jerry was like, it's Bigfoot. Look how big his foot is. Yeah, he's like, there's just big feet everywhere. Right. It's big feet. So he got the name Bigfoot. In her article, she instructed the next person to find these footprints to take plaster casts of them for proof. So Jerry and the other workers found more prints when they arrived to work on October 1st. Two of the workers quit immediately. They were like, fuck this noise, I'm out.
1: That's all it takes. (laughs) There's some big footprints (laughs) around here. I'm out.
0: They were like... Fuck this noise, we're gone. Those are some large toes. (laughs) You know what those guys said?
1: You see that? That is a huge foot. You know what they say about people with huge feet? Huge shoes. I'm out.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. (laughs) Y'all are killing me. Wilbur finally decided this was the point he should probably call Ray to come to Bluff Creek. He's like, you know, I've been ignoring this for like <laughs> a couple months now, but it's in the paper. So you might want to come because Ray had been out of town, like out of state on other business. Their their company was working on multiple other projects. Yeah. Well, Jerry decided he was going to call his friend Bob Titmus, and was like, hey, can you come help me take plaster Cass? Of these footprints, so I could take them to the newspaper, because Betty Allen wants proof, right? So Bob shows up. They take the plaster cast, and then on October third, they the two men go to the newspaper with their proof. It becomes like a fucking media storm, and this is how he became popular. Popular was because of a photograph taken of Jerry holding this plaster cast of a footprint. And it just propelled him into the national media, and that's where Bigfoot came along. Then more people started seeing him As, in this oh, area. I'm
2: sure everybody was, like, out there hunting after that. Oh,
0: no, they weren't, actually. There's two men... That decided, okay, we're going to drive this dirt road at night and see if we can see him in the Bluff Creek area, which they do, and it makes the story go even fucking bigger than it already was. They described Bigfoot as a hairy human, well over six feet tall. But that's all they really saw because he, like, walked into their headlights and then ran into the woods again. During this time period, sorry, I, sorry, let's go back. So within 48 hours of people at, like, other workers at the site hearing that these two guys saw actual Bigfoot, 13 more men quit. The Road Project. So they've lost a total of 15 men because of a possible Bigfoot.
1: They couldn't even wait for like a blurry photograph or something first? No,
0: it's 1957.
1: They had cameras. I
0: know they had cameras, but I don't know why nobody really thought of that back then.
1: That's a Bigfoot. We had to wait.
0: What? Did you look it up? The picture?
2: Yeah, that's as big as his torso.
1: Holy shit, that is a big foot.
2: That is the length of that man's torso. <laughs> it's
1: like a size twenty-two.
0: <laughs> That's insane. After this, there was a lot of things happening in the world, as far as cryptids were concerned at this point in time. Because not only were people s- now seeing what they're calling Sasquatch or Bigfoot in Northern California and Canada. There's also this is when the Yeti and the werewolf became very popular and they had movies coming out about them. So people are very much like, we're getting taken over by monsters, pretty much. Hot take.
1: Maybe Bigfoot is actually like a hill troll. (laughs) You know, it's a fantastical beast and less of a. You know, cryptid?
0: There's a a lot of, not a lot of theories, but there are theories that we'll talk about in part two of what he actually is. Okay. Or where he came from or whatever.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they were like, you know, monster movies were starting to become a thing. Except it's crazy because, like, Bigfoot wasn't, like, in movies until the 70s.
0: No. Because people were still trying to grasp that he could possibly actually be a real thing.
1: And you had to give time for, you know, writers to come up with a proper script.
0: When all of this hype surrounding Bigfoot took place in 57, 58, it attracted a Texas millionaire named Tom Slick.
1: Wait, Tom Selleck? Slick. Mm (laughs) Okay. It's
0: literally S-L-I-C-K.
1: Did he have a mustache like Tom Selleck?
0: I don't know. Mm. I didn't look up his picture. Now he's dreaming of Tom Selleck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this Tom was already involved with trying to prove that the Yeti was real. So when he started hearing about Bigfoot, he was like, I'm on board. Let's find this creature. He was so interested in, like, mysterious animals and odd phenomena that he actually went to try to hunt down the Loch Ness Monster at one point in his life. I
2: could see that. I mean, so many people have tried to find that. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. This made him very willing to invest a lot of money in Bigfoot research. The story that I read claimed that he hired his own scientist and two Yeti investigators named John Green and Renee De to search for Bigfoot. These three men, along with Bob, Hi, Titmus. Nope. They devoted a large amount of their time, effort, and money into the search of for Bigfoot. Like once Bob showed up on the site with Jerry and was like, This is real, he the rest of his life was dedicated to finding a Bigfoot. Which I mean, if in my if I'm in the woods I'll look, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're not gonna just go to the woods Might to go hunting him down, but if
2: I happen to cross one I
0: mean, if someone <laughs> invited me on a Bigfoot hunt, I'm down. I don't know if I believe I've it. I've if, te-
1: if Tom Selleck told me it was real, I'd believe it. Uh, or maybe the Hoff. I'd probably believe that. He's from the Great North. The true North.
0: I've always believed Bigfoot was real and have argued with numerous people. I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah.
1: I'm not opposed to believing it. But if I believe in Sasquatch and Bigfoot, I would have to believe that actual magic exists because I don't think that it's just some aberration, some genetic fucking abnormality. It has to be some kind of
2: magical beast.
0: I don't know. There is that theory. But, you know. know. Yeah, I don't know either. Between all of these men... They had amassed the most evidence of any other Bigfoot hunters. They collected f- footprint casts. They talked to, like, every eyewitness they could find. They took hair samples that could have possibly belonged to Bigfoot. Even blood and mucus samples that they thought could belong to Bigfoot that were, like, found in the area where the footprints were found.
1: I wonder if which that's ever been just, tested.
0: We'll talk about that, too, Bobby. <laughs> oh,
1: DNA mapping.
0: <clears throat> now, Ray Wallace would go on to try and get as much attention as possible from the Bigfoot craze. Remember, he's the one who owns the construction company. He's like, I'm yeah, about free to, publicity. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to make some free money off of this. Back in the day, people referred to him as a practical joker, is what they called him. But to me, I feel like in today's world, he would just be known as a liar. <laughs> <laughs> just a bullshitter? But yeah. Because he made claims that he had photographic evidence and video evidence of bigfoot and that he had done this on several occasions. He claimed that he had killed one and hid the body and that uh-huh. he would give the body up for the right price. Um he never produced any of this evidence that he claimed he had. And when Tom Slick offered money to the public if somebody could capture a bigfoot uh, Ray claimed that he had one. He already had a Bigfoot captured and that he would take the reward money. But when it came down to the day they were supposed to exchange, Ray, like, didn't show up and then said, well, I decided to just let it go. Uh-huh. You yeah. sure did.
2: hmm See,
0: to me, that's more of a you're a liar you're not just a practical liar. joker. <laughs> you just like the attention. Yeah. In 2002, Ray's family found gigantic wooden feet in his basement. And one of his family members claimed that Ray invented Bigfoot altogether. Like, he is the sole inventor of Bigfoot. Even though sightings of a Bigfoot-like creature, have been going on since the The Native American days. They said that he was definitely responsible for all the evidence that was found in the entire Pacific Northwest, though. For sure. That was all him.
1: He's a busy man.
2: I was going to say, he had a lot of time on his hands
0: then. Not a lot of people believe this because, first of all, when the footprint sightings started happening on the work sites, like I said, he was in a totally different state doing business. The people that believe that he did this think he's only responsible for the Bluff Creek footprints, not all of them that have been found in California and Canada. They say he was looking for a way to extend the deadline on the project because the work was falling behind and he was getting in trouble for that. And so he came up with this idea of making these footprints and throwing around equipment and shit like that to scare off his employees like he wanted them to quit because then the state would have given him more time. That would have been a legitimate way for him to get an extension, and he could just hire new men. But my thought is, is if you lost fifteen dudes within like a two week time period, who's just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'll come work there after the whole place has been attacked by freaking Scary monsters? Monster. Sure, most people, though, feel like he was just lucky and that these events just fell into his lap and he took advantage of it. Okay, go either way, really. Either way, the Bluff Creek incident propelled Bigfoot to his fame that he is has now. It also allowed people the freedom to come forward with their own sightings. They stopped being afraid cuz now the media is like actually yeah, reporting want- it and they're not Being treated like they're crazy. They're actually being believed. So sightings started coming in from all over the United States. And in 1960, there was a report in Davis, West Virginia, while a group of boys were camping in the woods. One of them like felt a sudden dig in his ribs, and he thought one of his friends was trying to get his attention and when he turned around, he found himself looking at an eight-foot-tall figure that was covered in long, shaggy hair. He claimed the creature had large, glowing eyes, and after it scared him, it just walked back into the woods like nothing ever happened.
1: I wonder, did he mention if the fur was roughly an inch thick?
0: Yes. Yeah, he did. He said it was exactly one inch. (laughs) Thought he might. And Shaggy. Yep. It's the profile. <laughs> so this would be like one of the first incidents where Bigfoot had glowing eyes. Not like a cat where they reflect the light. They described them as it looked like fire was actually burning behind the eyeball. In the years that followed, there were a lot more sightings. And it seems like I was saying earlier, the Pacific Northwest is where the true Bigfoot is, is what they call him, the true Bigfoot. In the eastern United States, their version of Bigfoot is like overall called the eastern Bigfoot because it is similar to Bigfoot, but with minor differences. In the southern states like Florida and surrounding areas, they call the creature the skunk ape because they claim it looks like an ape and smells like a skunk. Mm -hmm. So super creative there. I mean, all of this is super creative. You got big feet? You must be Bigfoot. On part two of this amazing Bigfoot journey we're on, We'll talk about the most controversial, I can't say that word, controversial, is that right? Did I get it? Sure. I didn't get it. Either way, (laughs) we'll talk about, like, the most argued Bigfoot evidence to ever make headlines. Oh, the photograph? The video. It's a video, it's not a photograph. Oh, yeah, walking through the woods? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll also talk about some theories that are out there of where Bigfoot actually came from.
1: Texas, probably.
0: Everything's bigger in Texas. It is. (laughs) Are you sure it didn't come from Russia, though?
1: No, he sounds like a Texan.
0: I mean, he could have just, like, walked across millions of years ago from the Russian area. Yeah, Pangaea. Yeah, he could (laughs) have taken Pangaea.
1: That's where the Yeti came from. I thought that
0: Yeti was in Switzerland.
1: Well, either or way, Himalayas he's much farther north <laughs> than, than our him. local Sasquatch Momo, who probably came from Texas. Because yeah, Texas. I
0: would. I think Momo came from Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Either way, the whole Florida skunk ape—he started there and never left.
0: I mean, he like kind of visits like Virginia sometimes, but he's like yeah, the mm. skunk ape is an Appalachian thing. Yeah.
2: It's like a through the mountains and into Florida. It's
0: seen the most in Florida. Yeah.
1: So the skunk ape is a snowbird? He likes the beach. He's a snowbird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. He likes the beach. He likes to lay out on the (laughs) sand and, you know, get his one inch thick hair like nice and crispy before he goes back in the woods.
2: Nice and stanky. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Well, make (laughs) sure you come back next week for part two where we will uh, get into everything that she said we're going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.